Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. Now, today we're going to take a little bit different path when it comes to going big. And I'm going to take you on a journey through a little bit of my past that gives you an insight as listeners to where I came from and and kind of uh, give you a little more perspective on, on what's made me so passionate about going big, about being crazy enough to do things that other people, well, just don't do. And today we're going to look at it through the lens of business. And if you don't already know, you can contact me, you can reach me, you can interact with me through my website at johngrubs.com. And there are just tons of information that you can you can have free access to. There's other learning opportunities. There's a blog. Uh, there's a way for you to sign up for my weekly articles that go out every week. There's just a just a ton of opportunity. There's a there's a link to my YouTube channel where you can watch some videos that I have on YouTube. So there's a lot of information at JohnGrubs.com. But I really want to know what you think about this podcast. What you think about my topics. What you think about my perspective. I want to give you a chance to interact with me. So if you feel so compelled, and, and I know we have listeners all over the world, you can go to johngrubs.com and just click on contact me and you can give me even ideas for future podcasts if you have an idea that you would like me to cover or even a question you want me to answer on your behalf. So today's idea is that it's so important that we understand commitment and dedication to something other than ourselves. So today we're going to talk about swearing an oath and why this matters as business leaders. That's, those are words that we don't usually talk about in the same sentence, swearing an oath and business. So today we're going to see how those can converge, how we can push those together and truly be big thinkers when it comes to leadership, when it comes to influencing others. I'm one of those people that highly endorses the idea. You cannot have a credible definition of leadership that doesn't contain the word influence. If you boil leadership down to its essence, the essence of leadership is influence. How do we influence people around us? And are we always influencing people to some degree, be it positive influence or negative influence? And if you've followed me on social media, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, you know that my tagline, my purpose in life is to live like a proton. And that means every human being that I come in contact with, every human intersection in my life, I want to leave that person just a little bit more positive. I want to live like a proton, to exude a positive charge. Now, we all know that there are plenty of electrons out there. Those are people that walk around with a constant negative charge. Mm -mm -mm. You probably see a face right now 
as I'm describing the dreaded electron. And then there are people who are neutrons. They really walk around life not exerting any charge at all. They are totally neutral. A neutral neutron. So with that in mind, I want to talk about something, well, more significant than any of us as individuals. So exactly 30 years ago, I swore an oath. I swore an oath that's required by federal law to enlist in the United States Army. Some of you may not know that I'm a veteran. It was 1990, and I had just moved home from College Station, Texas, home of Texas A&M and the Fighting Aggies. Whoop. I decided to place my academic plans on hold, mainly because I was working all night at a grocery store, stocking shelves, going to class during the day, trying to study and repeating. So I decided, let me pause. Let me hit the pause button and that I could serve my country as a path toward earning funds to finish my undergraduate education. My younger brother was influential. He had joined the military, joined the Army a year before me, and was stationed in Germany. And I, I tell people, don't laugh, but you know, my, my, my path was I wanted to, to join the Army, but I also wanted to live in Hawaii. And it just so happened that my brother and I were, were stationed uh, half a world apart. He was in Germany, I was in Hawaii, both serving at the same time. But I want you to listen to the words I swore as I placed my hand in the air. These are the words I swore in my oath of enlistment. I, John Grubbs, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to the regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice, so help me God. Now to some people those are just words. And to some the military oath of enlistment is reasonably straightforward. And it's what you say when you join the military. It's, it's the oath everyone takes. And it is administered by a superior officer, carried out like most traditional oaths, with the officer reading the oath and the person being sworn repeating it. No big deal, right? Wrong. Wrong. As with so many before me and after me, it was emotional for me. I mean, in that short oration, I immediately felt like I had a larger purpose in life. Some call it a duty. Others call it a service. But for me personally, it was a sense of no longer living for myself. You see, I was a typical, self-centered young adult attempting to gain traction in life. 
I was successfully struggling my way through college without really knowing what I wanted to do. But make no mistake, life was all about me. Does this sound familiar? Some of you young listeners may be in this very place right now. And it's okay. I want you to know that it's okay to be in this place. But let me give you a little contrast. We are now seeing the end of World War II's generation's impact on the on Americans. We're seeing the end. They're dying. There's not many of them left. But I want you to imagine a time in this country where nearly every able person felt a compelling need to serve and to protect this country. And listen to these numbers. In World War II, over 6 million Americans volunteered for military service. At the time, this accounted for 5% of the entire U.S. population. Wow. In today's numbers, that would be nearly 17 million people volunteering to put others before themselves. Could you imagine 17 million selfless Americans at one time? Patriotic Americans willing to lay their life down for their brother, their sister, their country. We don't see much of that anymore. In today's me, me, me society, we have lost a sense of duty, a sense of honor, and a sense of commitment to others. And I know we can blame social media for a selfish generation of Americans, or we can take ownership as parents and business leaders. We can blame politicians. Oh, my goodness, it's an election year. <laughs> or we can admit that we have not modeled service to others for our children. I mean, we can blame many things. We can blame broken families, absent fathers, or the deterioration of whatever. It is what it is. So how do we fix it? You know, when I talk to young people, I hear the same feelings I felt before 1990. I'm not sure what I want to do in life. Sounds familiar to me. And is life as binary as go to college or find a job after high school? Is it that simple? I doubt it. For me, the military was exactly what I needed. And I'm suggesting that we are all made better by serving something. Because it contradicts the narcissism that exists in each of us. I mean, think about it. Why do young people find value in gangs? I believe it's because it fulfills this need to serve, this need to belong, this need to have a purpose in life. I want you to listen to this. This is the drill sergeant creed. This is what 
the U.S. Army Drill Sergeant Creed says. And I think it provides clues for us as parents, for us as business managers, and even those of us serving our community in leadership positions. And I want you to remember, we are all modeling something. And young people are always watching. Listen to this drill sergeant creed. And I'm going to apply it to business on the other side. But here goes the creed. I am a drill sergeant. I will assist each individual in their efforts to become highly motivated, well-disciplined, physically and mentally fit soldier, capable of defeating my enemy on today's modern battlefield. I will instill pride in all I train. Pride in self, in the army, and in country. I will insist that each soldier meets and maintains the Army's standards of military bearing and courtesy, consistent with the highest traditions of the U.S. Army. I will lead by example, never requiring a soldier to attempt any task I would not do myself. But first, last, and always, I am an American soldier, sworn to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. I am a drill sergeant. Don't you love those powerful words? But let's examine how these words, through the lens of business leadership apply today. So I'm going to read these as if we were taking an oath in business and then talk a little bit about these because I want you to see there is a natural fit into the world of leadership, into the world of business, into the world that we occupy regardless of what country we live in. So listen to this applied to business. I am the CEO or president of my company. I will assist each employees to become highly motivated, well-disciplined, and physically fit to perform job duties. Hmm. Wow. So the CEO, manager, or supervisor must assist employees. And here's a question. How literally should the average business leader take this? I mean, how motivated and disciplined are your employees? And what if your company can be exactly what so many young people are looking for in life? There's no reason that a private enterprise cannot fulfill the needs that many of us were looking for at certain points in our lives. So here the, uh, here's the oath applied to business continued. I will instill pride in all of our employees. Do you think leaders must model company pride in business? Here's a question. How does it feel to work for your company? Or worse, does your company just hire anyone? I worked with a company in Texas one time that said they use the mirror test for hiring people. I said, what is the mirror test? 
They said, John, if they can fog up a breath with their fog up a mirror with their breath and pass a drug screen, we will hire them. In other words, we'll hire any living body as long as they can pass a drug test. There is pride in working at a place that is unique, special, or different. How typical or different is your company? Back to the oath applied to business. I will insist that each employee meets and maintains company standards. Wow. What standards do you insist are met by your employees? And what happens when your employees fail to meet these standards? And I want you to listen to this. You get what you tolerate. You train what you tolerate. You deserve what you tolerate. Back to the oath. I will be consistent with the highest traditions of our company. What practices do you maintain with your business? There are always traditions in every place. Are your traditions identified and deliberate? Do you even know what they are? Back to the oath. I will lead by example, never requiring an employee to attempt a task that I would not do myself. Wow. How do you, as the business leader, demonstrate humility? How do you model what is required to be successful in your business? Listen to this example from a CEO and friend of mine. COVID-19 and low energy prices impacted his business remarkably. But to prioritize sales for his business, he assumed the role of sales manager. And each month he models selling with his team as the company is recovering from revenue losses. So what are you doing to model behaviors you desire for your business? As business leaders, we cannot control what happened to our people before they joined our organization. However, we are fully responsible once they enter. We can take ownership of the quality of the people we maintain and the standards we, demi we demand as a company. Let me say that again. We can take ownership of the quality of the people we maintain and the standards we demand as a company. You, as the CEO, the manager, the owner, are a direct reflection of the people in your company. It is all on you. No matter where your people came from, they are part of your company now. And you are in control of the reality they experience as part of your team. If there is a tradition of mediocrity in your business, you are accountable for tolerating current existence. Wow. Pretty powerful, huh? As a CEO or business owner, it is normal to feel overwhelmed by this realization. Taking total ownership for current reality is indeed a heavy lift as a leader. However, once you accept complete ownership, your business is immediately freed from excuses and blame. 
once you get this idea, once you get this idea, the past becomes irrelevant. Excuses and blame serve as ballasts for aspiring leaders. That's right. They are weights you carry as a burden. Once you let them go, you are free to move forward. Isn't that powerful? I want you to swear a commitment to establish traditions and demand high standards for your business. This can be an oath you take for yourself. And if you mean it, your people will respond by getting better or getting out. Either way, either way, you get better at the game of business. So if your company was established in 1995, you can be reestablished in 2020 as the beginning of your new reality. Use this pandemic as your positive pivot to a better company in the future. It is all up to you. So I told you this podcast was about going big. This is going big for leadership. This is going big for tradition. This is going big for the example that we set. And I know it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. When do you hear people combine an oath with business? An oath for excellence. An oath against mediocrity. An oath for going big. That's what this podcast is about. I told you in the beginning, this is a podcast for crazy people. We're crazy enough to win. Until next time.